This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. And I didn't blow it that time. Yes. I ruined <laughs> ruined it first episode. Um, blew blew the intro, but not this time. Uh, John, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. You're good. Awesome. So this is our this is our teenage politics app. Woo, woo. Um, we have been looking forward to this one because this this album was, as we mentioned in our first episode, the definitive MXPX album when we were when we were coming of age. Uh, I was eighth grade. I think that's when. You approximately yeah. came of the album. Yep. But you know what? Let's pump the brakes. Just skirt for a second before we get into um, that. Let's, um, what's going on? What's been happening in the last week? What's what's new in the life of JP? You know, anybody, anybody call you JP growing up? <laughs> Did you have a nickname? The JP was one of them. Johnny, if you are nasty. And, nasty you know like miss janet uh <laughs> what janet jackson oh miss janet if you're nasty anyway uh things are great definitely the world is not ending oh yeah and the church is in great shape so oh perfect yeah so i think good. we're our work is done mm-hmm. yeah so we're gonna just wrap this up this is our final episode mm-hmm. so thanks guys thanks we, mxpx we, we had mxpx you're great we're just gonna close it out this is uh you know, we don't need to do anything else. Our work is done. You're welcome, world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no. Everything's terrible. Everything's the worst. Yeah, still. <laughs> um, so, I uh, something I wanted to talk about, since this is a music podcast, after all. What are you listening to that wasn't released in 1995? Right. Yeah, I do feel like uh, the older I get, the more I return to 90s playlists, which probably isn't great. Um, but new stuff, I really like the new Janelle Monae oh, record. Yes. Um, anything that sounds princey is really filling that void in my life right now. So that's I feel, great. I feel like that album is getting pretty much universal yeah. love, which yeah. it deserves, because it's really good. Yeah, there's no... No bad songs on that one. Um, super, super pro woman. Super pro. A lot of people Googled pansexual for the first time <laughs> when that record came yeah, out because well, of her interviews. Yeah. Well, that's good. So Janelle Monet. That's the big one. That's the big one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Graveyard Club, which is this mm. band from Minneapolis. They're kind of like... Uh, synth poppy spooky kind of thing all right which their last record is a couple years old at this point i think okay Um, they have some new stuff they've been releasing but i really like them a lot right on how about you uh well i most recently as of yesterday i snagged the new courtney barnett album 
Awesome. Um, which is really great. Picked it up at my local record store, uh, Squeezebox Books. Shout out. Uh, shout, shout out to Squeezebox Books. Tim, Brenda, what's going on? What up? Uh, so that album is pretty great. Listen to it today. Um, and one of the cool things is that they did a like an indie small record store release only. So the album was a uh, red, red wax. It came with a poster and it came with a tote bag. So just nice little, nice little additions. Nothing mind blowing about that necessarily, but I just thought it was kind of, kind of cool to do a release that supports the local shops. Totally. Um, I also at record, did you do record store day? I didn't. I I made comic book day, but I wasn't cool enough for record store day this year. Oh my god! I know. That's 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 a sin. I know. Sin eats everybody. Sin eats. You know that's funny. So you said when I first heard that song, "Sugar Coated Poison Apple," Mm -hmm. it it says in in the lyrics that it it consumes me. What does it say? It says. uh, it consumes you, can't you see, that sin hates everybody. Yeah. As a kid, I thought it said sin eats everybody. Like consuming. Because it consumes. Yeah. It consumes you. Interesting. So sin can't, sin eats everybody. That's really everybody. Cool. Sin eats everybody. It really shifts the theology of the whole song now. Well. Got to reprioritize <laughs> some of my thoughts. Well, here. if I, you, I mean, you, you, you shouldn't be mixing metaphors here. If it's consuming yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Then it's going to be eating you. It's almost like he was 17 when he wrote the lyrics. You know, Um, don't poke holes in my (laughs) critiques. There's a a lot of great, great questionable uh, (laughs) metaphors on this record. We're getting off off track. Um, So Record Store Day, I I snagged uh, the Ben Queller Shasha album, which is such a great album and it's the first time it's been released on vinyl i made a big sanctimonious um post on instagram about how what drives me crazy are people that go to record store day simply to get the hard to find albums and then sell that shit on ebay for four times the price not cool it's not cool and it drives me nuts so I was the third person in line at my at my record store day. Uh, he, Tim only had one copy, and so that was one of the things I was looking to get. Yeah. And he said, "Here, I." He said, "I want. I wanted to get like ten, but I only got shipped one." And I was super pumped about it because the guy in front of me, he's like, "Hey, don't worry, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy any of the things that you want." So nice. everybody in line was super cool and was there just to get the music. Uh, so that that album is super solid. I got the one of the Tom Waits uh, albums, uh, the three three albums that he released, the Brawlers. I got the Descendants, Who We Are, a single, which is pretty on on uh, point for what we're talking about today in terms of politics. Yeah, I was not aware this existed until you showed yes, it to me. Yes, it's, it's a pretty much uh, middle finger song to Trump. Um, 
So I feel like this might be a time worth mentioning since we brought up the name of the 45th president that we directed people to our Twitter accounts, Mm -hmm. uh, our personal Twitter accounts. And I, I, I use my Twitter as a, an outlet of sorts, things that I would not necessarily put on my Facebook. Sure. Not necessarily put on my Instagram. Yeah. Definitely would not put on my LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, but we are not exactly the biggest fans of this guy. So if you go to, at least for me, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I say, I say what I mean. I don't, I don't pretend that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I, I like the guy. I think he's garbage. Yeah. And Milo Ackerman of the Descendants also thinks so. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's that record. So, if you guys uh, want to get into some Twitter beef, <laughs> I feel like I had two thoughts mm-hmm. the night of the election. Mm-hmm. Well, I had like a thousand thoughts, but two of the thoughts that are pertinent to this conversation were: one, I hope there's a lot of good punk that comes out of this. Yeah. And two, like, Twitter is a new uh, like environment for us to decide what culture looks like together. Yeah. And when the president is like determining the course of world history via his tweets, yes, and when also things like Me Too and and movements that wouldn't exist without Twitter can happen, mm-hmm. like it just is a new frontier. So it's weird how Twitter, which can be the worst place, is also such a great place to uh, hash some of this stuff out that the other socials you were talking about do not allow for. So. Yeah, especially when you, you you talked about the Me Too movement, the ability to share information in real time, pass it around, get it to a large audience. Like this douchebag in New York, this lawyer who... He's done so. <laughs> he's, he's evicted from his building. Yeah. It took... All of 24 yeah. hours for this guy to ruin his career. Yep. And this Thanks, is... Twitter. Thank you. Appreciate it, Twitter. Uh, this, and this, this is what's come of this era of Trump, that people who maybe in the past wouldn't go around yelling at random people in coffee shops around right. the street, they're, they're emboldened. Yeah, probably the same shit that gets tweeted that gets him comfortable enough to to do the kind of stuff that he did uh like from the other end of the spectrum us being able to figure out who that guy is as a community Mm -hmm. twitter also allows for so it's like emboldened both sides in a way (laughs) yeah the people who are saying no that is not okay let's let's start you're, you feel that you're afraid you were, you were, you're no longer afraid to be who you are. Right. Let's make you, let's make you afraid again. Let's not allow for this kind of shit to go on. Yeah. It's, it's, it is not cool. So fuck that guy specifically. And I hope his law practice never rebounds. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the music I'm listening to. Um, 
Yeah, the music of Twitter. The music of Twitter. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so I wanted to also get into some some news, MXPX news. Um, for those of you who are following them on the the Insta or following Mike on Twitter, you know that they just played Stellarfest in Jakarta, Indonesia, which they headlined. They were one of the major groups that headlined this this festival, along with a handful of other artists uh, that I have not heard of other than Total Fat. Total Fat, I have heard of a Japanese... Sounds so, vaguely familiar. Yeah, they're, they're actually... I got in. I was in a um, into some Japanese pop punk for a little while, and I found Total Fat through listening to this band called Ella Garden, hmm. another very pop punky Blink One Eighty Two style band. And uh, Total Fat, I guess, kind of maybe is in in sort of in that vein. Maybe I'm not doing them justice by comparing them to Ella Garden, but. Uh, there's there's a lot of Japanese bands on the the international artist lineup, mm-hmm. and then a majority of the artists are, from what I can tell, are from Indonesia, which is cool. super cool. MXPX being the only band from the states, and from what I could tell, looked like a really huge show. They had a really good time. Uh, also. For those of you who uh, are not getting your shit together with the Kickstarter, mm. John, have you have you sent in your survey for... I think I did. You think you did. <laughs> are you one of the delinquents who hasn't replied? I'm pretty sure I did it. What do you, what is it involved okay, again? Okay, so if you, if you ordered something like mm. a t-shirt or a, you know, a hoodie or if you wanted something autographed or whatever, if there were some sort of stipulations for what you had purchased for the, your, your rewards, they had a survey that they sent out that you had to reply to so they could send you your stuff. I did do that. Okay. Uh, Mike has been gently chastising people to mm. get their, get their life together because there are still a bunch of people who have not responded and you can't get your stuff if you don't send in that survey and part of me and i i tweeted at mike i said i sort of have reverse buyer's remorse that i wish part okay so i have almost i I mean i i think i have almost every available mxpx cd that has been put out Mm mm-hmm and I realized this album is not going to be released in stores. Right. I only ordered the vinyl. I am not going to be able to have a complete yeah. MXPX discography on CD. Right. And I really feel like I blew it. So that's that's pretty disappointing. And part of me wanted to be like, well, if somebody's not going to claim their CD, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, but Just take it, but they're not going to make it if someone's not claiming it. Will they have them at shows, or is it only I, for people who? From it, from what it sounded like when I watched the live stream the last night of the Kickstarter, 
They're only producing it. what people okay. have have ordered from the Kickstarter fund. They're not they're not releasing it for a wide audience, and I don't know. Maybe that'll change. Yeah. Uh, at some point, maybe there's going to be uh, a high demand for the the new. I don't know. We'll see. It's, but it's crazy to me that this is this is kind of the the the, mo- the music movement right now. It's right. They're not going. They're not go. Not going for the um, the mass appeal right. anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense in some ways that this is uh, the only way that um, a lot of bands that aren't as huge as maybe they used to be can keep it going and, yeah, stay in touch with fans and all that. Yeah, like Jakarta. Thanks, Jakarta. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Twitter. Thanks, Jakarta. (laughs) And no thank you, Donald Trump. Yep. All right, so I wanted to also bring up a correction Mm. from the last episode so many people have written in so many i this is this is it's it's humiliating it's humiliating the number of people that um tweeted at me no one no one has tweeted anything um but just for the because if anybody does notice this i I, we want to be as accurate as possible because this is the definitive all-encompassing look at everything about mxpx and their discography and i can't let something slip no. we can't get lazy no episode two we must be vigilant in our search for the truth about <laughs> mxpx yes and this starts with us and i said the first episode that poconatcha is the longest album which is not the case uh, it is, in, t- in terms of time, it is second to Secret Weapon, which is longer by a minute and 35 seconds, mm. which may be because of the secret track. There's oh. a secret track. Secret uh, which, Weapon, secret track. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes, and it's, the last track is like over six minutes. Mm. And um, so that put it, that put it in over Poconatcha. So... I apologize. Please forgive my sins. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, yeah, Tom. Please still send us our our Kickstarter stuff. Yeah, I if I if I if this is in any way going to hamper you sending me my Poconatchapunk doll, um, I I deeply regret this this error. It'll never happen again, until it does. We're gonna be error free from here out. Pretty sure. <laughs> that's that that is. I mean, that's part of the. Um, our, um, what's it called when you have a mission statement? Mission statement. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's our mission statement. No, no errors. <laughs> no. Ever. It's, we're mostly MXPX, right. mostly error free. Mm-hmm. And it's a very short mission statement. Yeah. It's just those two things. Just those two things. Super committed to. <laughs> that's what keeps us going. Yes. Speaking of errors, we can talk about some of the errors that happened uh, this week for us in relation to uh, like Christian culture. It's yes, been a tough week. Um, it's not. It's not been a banner week for the for the evangelical church um, or the 
uh, college that John and I went to. Yeah. Uh, we we've kind of kind of gone back and forth about whether or not to drop names mm-hmm. of specific churches or denominations or schools but when i when i think about it it's not anything that isn't necessarily easily googleable if that's a word right which i just said it so now it is counts uh you know we both went to north park university i graduated in 2006 were you 2005 2005 2005 it is uh, North Park is affiliated with the Evangelical Covenant Church. It's a small Swedish Lutheran it's an offshoot of the Lutheran Church, founded by a bunch of Swedes back in the late nineteenth uh, century. Um, and one of the things about the Covenant Church that we embraced and I think a lot of people have embraced, is the ability to differ and to have different opinions and different positions, yet still consider yourself part of the same body, part of the same church, Big C. Mm -hmm. But over the years, issues specifically around, almost only specifically relating to the LGBTQ community. Right. There are any number of theological issues right. that the ECC, the Evangelical Covenant Church, turns a blind eye to that are not consistent with some of the, of the denomination positions, whether it's women in ministry, right. which the church affirms women in ministry, but some churches often will not allow that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this one particular issue being an open and affirming denomination, the ECC has decided this is where we're going to put our foot down. Yeah, We are not going to bend on this, though other church denominations over the past decade have been moving into that open and affirming direction, as has their uh, their their base of mm-hmm. churchgoers, the, especially our generation, mm-hmm. a more affirming, gay positive. A lot of people in 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 our circle that have come out in this this time, and and I know that it. it this is also pretty close to you since you worked there post-graduation for a while. Yeah. Eight years, was it? Eight years, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you went to... I stopped, going, I stopped going to a covenant church a long time ago. And maybe we can talk about our, our walks with the Lord. Mm-hmm. How was your walk these <laughs> How, days? My walk, my, walk with, my, my walk with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Father God, I just want to, no, sorry. <laughs> I just, I just, I just tonight, Father God, I just, Father God, oh boy. Uh, that's, I don't know if there's anything that makes me want to punch people more <laughs> than the uh, unnecessary repetition of, of Father God. <laughs> Jenny and I were just saying like in light, well, yeah, so we'll get into it, but 
she works at a uh, mega church mm-hmm. uh, where we often feel like square pegs in a round hole. But um, there's been some news there as well recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say like related to Me Too type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> if we hear Father used, the, particularly in that community, in light of that stuff, it just feels yuckier than ever. Yeah. Like I'm good without any more fathers. Yeah, and and I think kind of the the what the groups that we run in the sort of patriarchal mm-hmm. ass- assumptions of or even giving some sort of gendering of god maybe is a better way to put it. Yeah. Gendering of a deity that is only gendered because of the time in which this this came up this these texts were written not because god is definitively a man right and i remember my freshman my fre- freshman year at, at north park in one of my classes and i think did you ever have ron dooley i never did but i i know him okay so i remember he he had this propensity to just sort of throw out these questions to kind mm. of push the envelope right. a little bit and he said you know people talk about god as a man so mm. if god is a man does that mean that god has a penis what and as the class sounded like right? <laughs> yeah it's all 1940s looney tunes cartoons um shuffling of feet uh <laughs> <laughs> Tongues were dropping out, hitting the floor. Gunk. Yep. And <laughs> so that that sort of that sort of thing about why do we need to gender something because mm-hmm. that brings about a whole bunch of other issues. Right, right. But yeah, to your point, when you're talking about invoking father or man or masculine things in in the context of a male leader who has kind of abused his power that kind of makes things mm-hmm. just all the bit all the more skeezy yeah yeah and maybe we should say to get back to north park yes like kind of what what we're referencing specifically sure. which is yeah so uh i i referenced this a little bit in the last episode we did but like i kind of grew up with one foot in the mainline Protestant world, one foot in the evangelical world. And I've kind of felt like that my whole life a little bit kind of on the periphery of evangelical culture. And I ended up going to the only high school and college of the evangelical covenant church without really like knowing that. And it wasn't really until I got to North park that I realized like what a thing that culture was. And I just kind of like stumbled into it. The covenant church is sort of like, the Kevin Bacon of, <laughs> yes. of churches where you can say, name one person in the covenant yeah, and you can trace, you can connect anybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you don't, you don't even need that many steps. No, there's You're, for sure like a Swanson that went to a camp in Minnesota <laughs> that knows your cousin. Yes, absolutely. There's a Johnson and Anderson, a Swanson mm-hmm. there. If you, if you know, one of them you're gonna be able to be like oh well i went to this one the covenant is that small of a denomination that 
you know, you have ties in Chicago and Minnesota and California and um, maybe Connecticut. I think there there's some mm-hmm. there a Covenant Church out. There's a bunch of Covenant Churches mm-hmm. on the East Coast too. Yeah, Northeast. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I could kind of take or leave the Covenant, but um, I so uh, my wife and I moved to D.C. for a few years after college and kind of like bounced around for churches and then. When we moved back to Chicago, we ended up at a Covenant Church, um, just kind of like out of happenstance. A lot of our friends were going there. We really connected it, kind connected to it, in spite of some of the denominational stuff that we couldn't get down with. But and I ended up working at North Park, where we'd gone to school, and I worked there for eight years. And there was a lot of great stuff about working there, even with some of the stuff that was not great about the denomination, like we were saying. But anyway, so yeah, I stopped working there a couple of years ago, but. Last fall, they made news because the campus pastor, um, Judy Peterson, who's like very beloved within the church and at North Park, was put on sabbatical, mandatory sabbatical, mandatory, yeah, um, by the university because she had um, performed the wedding of uh, a former student who was gay, and the denomination stripped her of her credentials, which meant that. The university could not employ her or like that's a little fuzzy like they technically could but they, they could never have. had yeah. um a campus pastor who wasn't covenant so anyway they were taking this last semester to kind of evaluate and there was possibility of her coming back but but the news came out this week that she has been asked to not come back and basically fired for this so it's tough to have been such a part of this uh community and the church and the university and stuff and have like the outside world who doesn't know anything about it be like she was fired for that right like oh i didn't realize it was that conservative and crazy because to the average person today it's like that's nuts yeah and it and it did make chicago news yeah it's not this isn't just small covenant news that no one cares about but it did make i think it was maybe in the tribune or yeah WGN, I definitely remember seeing it on mm-hmm. in our in various news sources, and it's it's so baffling because there's nobody more and people even for me as a non Christian now to see somebody who's so very clearly committed to living a life that she feels most uh directly reflects the teachings of Jesus totally and not cherry picking the one issue that the denomination feels that this is the hill that they're going to yeah, die this on this is the one we're this drawing is, the line in the sand this is the line in the sand this is the red line no one we're not budging and it's it's amazing considering all the pushback that how much the covenant is like nope Nope, we don't care. Right. We don't care how much the students love Judy. We don't care how much the faculty and other people are coming to her defense. How prominent a voice she was in a denomination that could really use right. like a youngish person and a oh. woman who's very well-spoken and a right. great communicator. Like, no, who cares? And compassionate and articulate. And it's 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 so... It's super baffling. And... This sort of invoked this um, article that I remember had I read, um, and I don't 
I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his name, John Pavlovitz, Pavlovitz. Sounds right. The Pav. The Pav. We'll call him, we'll call him Johnny, Johnny Pav. Pavs. Johnny Pavs. Um, and he's a super progressive Christian writer. He um, writes. He writes a blog. He has a book called Hope and Other Superpowers. And he wrote, uh, very recently, he wrote um, a post called, Good News Church, You're Dying. <laughs> and nothing could be more on point <laughs> to the Covenant Church than yeah. a denomination that is quickly losing relevance. Mm. And especially in a time right now when you think about the the gospels and the sort of speaking truth to power that Jesus did that he was not a friend of the powerful he was not a friend of church leaders or the governments and for the for this for the covenant to just side with what appears to be an issue that is alienating and harming yeah actual students and people it just it's it's baffling but the the crux of this article that he wrote is he lays out all the ways that the larger church is becoming irrelevant and is dying because of their um their hypocrisy uh, they're they're lining themselves with someone like Trump, mm. um, wh- while um, he he just says the most immoral um, things that one can imagine. Their denial of science, and also just their their overall cruelty to the LGBTQ community. Um, and sort of couching that in their bigotry and like, oh, we're, but we're, we're committed to the word and this, you know, I didn't write the Bible. This is what God says. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to the Bible, you know, that's. Except for all the stuff about wealth and materialism and oh no, a that's, other things. I'm sure that's fine. Shellfish, yeah. <laughs> et cetera. No, the, the, the blended fabrics that all that, right, right. all that stuff, they're going to choose the the most the most convenient things that will prop up their bigotry but ignore all the other stuff that's just far too inconvenient so i would encourage people to check out um john pavlovitz uh and his and his writings because i think he's even for people who are not necessarily uh a part of a faith tradition i think he still has some pretty hot takes on issues of the day i mean everybody cares about evangelicals right now because of this administration and and what's going on like i feel like evangelicals are in the news in a way that they haven't been in a long time and so yeah whether you have skin in the game like it's about stuff that affects your life because people that are in power uh believe this stuff too so yeah it you can't it can't be ignored it's too it's too relevant. It's too important, and it's 
I mean, even the, um, I think the, it was the Atlantic had a cover, yeah, yeah. a cover story, how the evangelicals lost their way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's embarrassing. And this is something that in talking to family members, uh, friends who are still part of the church, how even calling oneself evangelical or even, even a Christian, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to yeah. even f- align oneself with not even just because the, the evangelical covenant church is not right. It's not Trump world. It's, no. I mean, I'm sure that there are some people right in, in the covenant that did, but it's North park is yeah, far especially North park. It, yeah. That that's that, that why is where I feel there's sort of a disconnect because mm-hmm. the, North Park is, has in my, my my eyes was always a little different than the larger right. church. It was not. I always felt it was a little bit more progressive. You know, right. you and I both worked on hands on mm-hmm. the online social justice magazine, where we wrote and it was a you know it was a liberal rag that we wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and that and that's where North Park was where I fostered my yeah, totally. issues the of social justice that I cared about. And so it just it became this uh I just it was it was it became more and more difficult for me to reconcile those issues of justice with the kind of Christianity that I was seeing yeah. portrayed. Uh, not just in the covenant, but in the larger, the larger church. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, like I, I think I touched on this last episode a little bit, but like I don't know that I was ever in the evangelical world enough to kind of like have been damaged by it in the way that a lot of my friends were. So Guilty. I don't. I never really um, like had the. The, the qualms over like whether or not I can call myself an evangelical. I was just kind of like, well, I don't know how much it really matters, but the events of the past couple of weeks have been like, we were texting about this a little bit. Like if I needed, as if I needed one more little thing to like push me off the cliff of yeah. being like, I officially am done done with it. with any association with evangelicals. It's, it's this. So I kind of feel like I'm out and uh, yeah, we'll so, see what happens. So when you say you're out, do you mean like just I mean cuz I know you you had said like as far as donating money to the covenant yeah. I mean like we, well yeah we and that's we have a lot of friends who are like uh doing stuff that the church funds like yeah. that they're um you know doing good nonprofit work and stuff that we like support financially so I mean we still have like a lot of ties to the world, but I feel like my wife and I have talked a lot about like this whole mentality of like, we're going to stay in and work to change things. And like, I don't, I really don't, I really don't get that when there are other church denominations, uh, that can provide you with community or hope or, just or direction or mm-hmm. like why does it need to be the covenant because like yeah. i get it i i've had family 
deep family connections in the covenant for years. Yeah. But at what point do you cut your right. losses and yep. just say, you know what? This is this is wrong. Not it's for me. Not, it's not it's not feeding me spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's I find it to be immoral. I find it to be in you know inconsistent with my understanding of of the gospels or the Bible or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I and I know that and I again, I mean we both have friends who are still very much in the fight mm-hmm. for the covenant in hoping that they're going to yep. maybe turn turn the tide of, mm-hmm. of but I honestly I have very little hope. Yeah. But I also don't have a I don't have a I don't have skid in the game. Right. You know, I I I I just for me I just want I want people to find a a church home that they can be like, yeah, you know, I, I feel welcome here. Not, it, not, not like quote air quotes welcome. Like we right. like a covenant pretends to be yeah. like, yeah, anybody's welcome except right. for all these, you know, yeah. footnotes, asterisk. You know, you're you might be welcome, but you're not like affirmed. Yeah, yeah. that's which is those those two terms they come together you can't just be like yeah come in the door but just you know, sit here it's we cool we can't we can't really we're not gonna marry you we're yeah. not going to can't be a leader here you can't be a leader we're not gonna affirm whatever partner you bring in any of that stuff you know yeah. if you want to be in a relationship you need to be celibate right. any of that stuff like get that shit out of here I'm, which yeah definitely come like when it comes to race stuff is certainly prominent in the evangelical world too like that you're we want you here but we like don't really want you to change things yeah we want you here just as long as you don't make us feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. we don't want to address our we don't want to have to address whiteness or perceived bigotry so you can just come in as long as you don't upset the apple cart right Anyway, yeah. Anyway, maybe this is a podcast about MXPX. (laughs) (laughs) This is, yeah. We're we um, um, maybe we should get to, we should get to some of that, uh, in a moment. Um, but why? I think teenage politics would, the lyrics of that would 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 back us up right now. I feel like I I agree. You know, the one thing that I, one issue that I haven't seen in any of uh any of the mxpx lyrics is um i don't know maybe i would be curious to know kind of what they're in the shifting religious and political minds of Mm -hmm. of of mxpx what what they do think about some of these these issues because they do talk about some other political issues but they never never in some in in the ways that some bands very clearly denounce like homophobia right. and that sort of that sort of stuff yeah it'll be interesting i mean we'll get into this with future albums as we go on but like one of the things that bummed me out kind of from this album forward was that they didn't like keep the social justice stuff at the center as much. Right. So when they'd sing about like going to the beach and girls and stuff, I was, I was kind of like bummed out. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if the new record is about 
going to the beach or <laughs> you know i don't i don't i don't see i don't see t- i doubt it no i mean i know that mike does a majority of the songwriting but they're all in their 40s now yeah and they're not, not hitting the beach as much. they're not hitting the beach they're not singing about drinking coke you right. know they're you know the, the i you know when you when you talk about those lyrics it makes me think of um the cooties album because that's a very surface album there's not there's not a lot of depth to that album there's definitely a bunch of songs on that album about the beach Mm -hmm. um now the beach sucks and jocks don't like us you know (laughs) know, that that sort of stuff there and somebody in the in the uh, kickstarter live stream asked if you know it brought up talking about high school issues. It's like, bro, they're like 41, yeah. 42. They're not, yeah. it would, it would be sort of cringy <laughs> mm-hmm. if Mike were like, go into class. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that, that would be a little mm-hmm. disingenuous at, at best. Yeah. Okay. But we're, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. So, um, why don't we take a break? Yeah. And, Hit up the sponsors mm. that w- so many pouring in. <laughs> Thanks, yes. everybody. You know, um, we want to talk about um, Lisa mattresses. Yeah. I've got a Casper over here too. Um, it's in the so box. you wait. So they okay. <laughs> we're we're supporting Lisa and, and Casper. Casper. Okay, right. and and Blue Apron and HelloFresh. I feel like that's the only responsible thing to do. Well, yeah, and I'm and I'm listening. I'm listening to audible uh right, right now right, yeah i have audible in one ear mm-hmm. and then i have my headphones on the other ear doing this podcast right so yeah these are all actual real sponsors yeah thanks guys <laughs> thanks guys you're you're the real heroes mm-hmm. i love my lisa mattress <laughs> i thought you said you had a cast that, that one's super comfy too you put you put i put my <laughs> the I stack put, them on top of <laughs> yeah, stack them. that's that's that's, that's a, that's a pro move yeah I call it the the Klesa, and it's just it's super comfortable. I, so. I call it the Lasper. Yeah, that's. I mean, it kind of depends on preference, but yeah. either way, it's it's just really comfortable. To either have. way, my spine is perfect. Mm-hmm. All my um my scoliosis is completely cured. cured. Yep. So, so see you in a minute. <laughs> All right, we are back from an actual break that we needed to take because of sponsors. Feeling refreshed. I'm feeling refreshed too. Um, I'm feeling hello fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to now get into the actual album. Yeah. So the first, the first album, Poconaccio, we um, and we have we haven't actually talked about this. I'm throwing this at you as we record mm-hmm. you know we we didn't do the full album because it was approximately 113 songs it's real long and in and maybe 97 minutes <laughs> um but i thought considering considering uh the importance of this i thought maybe we could touch on each song even if not the entirety yeah. Of you know, we're not gonna obviously listen to the full songs, but let's do it. I mean there there are just so many I could talk about 
each song individually for you know for mm-hmm. at length but um i think it's worth considering you know this was such a pivotal album for both of us it's worth discussing um i will say we're, we're doing this thing where we're picking three songs from each record right, right. that are our favorites yes and it was really tough with this album yes and uh yes i, I need to hear what you what what you did choose well I was just going to say that it was, there's no bad songs on this record. Like, no. I still really like it. I like all the songs on this album. I agree. There, there's not a, I don't have, I don't have a skip right. on this album. I, I can listen and I have listened to this album a lot yeah. since our last ep. Right. And it is just so much more enjoyable yeah. than Poconaccia. It's much if, more the MXPX we know and love yes. on this album. For sure, for sure. And they still play, I mean, they're classics, obviously, punk rock show. Mm-hmm. They end every show with that song. Mm-hmm. It is it is the premier um, show ending jam that everybody is so pumped. Is it the most, maybe not the most recognizable MXPX song, but like... It is, I would say it's probably one of the big... Um, crowd cheering songs you know because when it starts off we ain't got no place right. to go everybody's like yeah let's go to the punk I think anybody it, who listened to punk in that era like knew that song at least yeah and has that uh that dope music video with with when mike rocks that blue hair that's where they're like playing under an overpass yeah they're <laughs> yeah. definitely i don't think i honestly i don't no other than that video when mike had blue hair it was clearly like i remember this vividly i have not watched it in many years but very evocative imagery that like each of them had very bright hair like they'd clearly just dyed it like that day (laughs) because i remember dyeing my hair like pink and purple in high school and being like this is gonna look so rad and then like by that night it was like a gross shade of brown or like a weird color so to be that bright green you had to have done it just then Ooh, there they go. Yeah, this is. <laughs> and yeah, Mike <laughs> rocking some fly glasses. Yeah, some fly glasses. Definitely some sort of. They really look like Oakleys. <laughs> yeah, you know, they I don't like they. They look like they're ready to go to the beach, or at least hang out under the overpass. <laughs> and just have a good time. Just having a good time. That's. I mean that's what I um that's what I do for a good time. <laughs> should we should we talk about how we like came to this album cuz this was how we both encountered MXPX, right? Yes, this was my my first def, my, definitely my first deep dive into into the band, my first um it 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 was it was my the beginning of the obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, so eighth grade, I remember, and I mentioned this in the first in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, getting this album, so I went to Best Buy with my buddy, um, and got Teenage Politics. I don't remember 
just looking at the cover art right now just makes me so happy <laughs> because it's still I I, I drew mm-hmm. I remember tracing that shoe and yeah. trying to it's just so it's so badass it still looks it's still such great we cover talked art. about how our yeah. both of our notebooks and maybe we talked about this last time but yeah all of our stuff had the the pumpkin edge of punk head oh, oh for on sure it. absolutely and and so I, I remember I got the album at Best Buy and he got uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, right. the album. And I'm blanking on the name of the specific album. It's the one with the impression that I get. Yeah, the impression yeah. that I get. Yeah. And so he busted open. We went back to his house. He busted open the CD. And mine is this swirling green, sort of like, you know, trippy kind of looking album. And it has this like punk guy and things are exploding and the letters are broken up this is dangerous this is this this guy's gonna fuck your day up (laughs) and and he he opened his up and it's a white cd (laughs) and i think if memory served me it was like the one skanking the dancing guy the dancing guy he's it's just like that's the only he's like it's like ah like your cd's like way cooler than mine (laughs) and i was like Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know, I'm not. No, I'm not discrediting um, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones or anything like that. You know, they've been they've been doing the ska thing for you know for longer than MXPX has been around. But I was so super. Well, we can have a, a ska episode maybe sometime. But ska, I was, a ska episode. A ska episode. Uh, a skank episode. <laughs> yeah, I was. Pick it up. So, uh, I keep trying to think of words to put Scott into, and I'm just failing. <laughs> but I was like super into the scene, and I remember like being into the scene enough, like I'd seen the boss tones enough at that point that when that song was a big hit and that mm-hmm. album came out, I was like, these guys sold out, man. Like, <laughs> you were you were very much obsessed with this idea of selling out. Well, I was punk, so. Um, yeah. You know, I probably, I probably, yeah. I mean, you were probably, you know, you talked about me being more punk in my aesthetic because I had the, uh, I had the um, mohawk at one mm-hmm. point. But I don't know. In terms of maybe in terms of attitude, you had me beat on the punk attitude. I don't know. I was just very concerned about about selling out. <laughs> <laughs> when did you did When did you first consider yourself a punk? punk? Did you Did you consider yourself were, did you consider yourself like I am punk first and foremost? Because you listened to other stuff that wasn't yeah. punk, maybe secretly from your punk friends. But we were kind of, I was in a like group that was like, we went to the punk shows, but we also listened to other stuff. I don't know. I feel like there's, it's a gross uh, purity that um, <laughs> a lot of like teenagers go through, whether it's punk or other stuff, where you're just like, these are the rules of this thing. And if you don't mm-hmm. live up to these rules, then like, it's not stacking up. And like, yeah, I definitely went through a phase where like punk as an ethos was this thing that I thought was like guiding my decision. making. It had, it had hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was definitely, I don't know if I was ever, I think there was a little minute there where I was like straight edge, man. Yeah. That's what I'm about. <laughs> straight edge lifestyle. And, uh, I don't think that lasted that long, but yeah, I so just know, <laughs> No booze. No booze, no smoking. No smoking. All the minor threat songs about how 
smoking is bad for you. I, I took that to heart. You weren't you weren't getting hella laid, and, and was that <laughs> was that was I that that was part of it? That was part of it. <laughs> I thought. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. So there was a couple of years there where I was like definitely like considering myself very much a part of the scene. I don't think it was that. I think especially by the time I like got to college, I was kind of like, meh. Punk is, I'm into punk, but I'm into a lot of other stuff and I don't need to like be as into the, the rules of the, the realm, but the labels. Yeah. But there was, um, yeah, definitely. If you were like going to shows a lot as a kid, like, and supporting the local scene, it felt Mm. very much like if you sell out, man, like that's, you're not punk anymore. (laughs) And it's, it's dumb. And it is, it is, it is pretty dumb because uh, you you know, Five Iron has that whole oh, song. Such a great song about selling out and how dumb it is for the bands that you like mm-hmm. that you don't want them specifically. You don't want them to be successful, right? And it's just abs- the absurdity of right. of them being like, "But this is mine, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. can, and it's only for me." Yeah. That's what I mean, why it's gross. And I feel like there's a little bit of that now with like all the alt-right stuff and like the Star Wars guys. And there's a gross, any like subculture where it's like a lot of dudes and like a lot of white dudes (laughs) turns into this weird like comic books too. Like just kind of like, this is the way it is and I like it my way and I like it It's just gross. Like who cares? Like especially when... The, you can point out the absurdity of something like, well, Spider-Man isn't, he's not black. Peter Parker's not black. Right. So how can we have a black? It's like that. Yeah. He doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's not. He's not real. Right. That's not Peter Parker. He's real to me. He's not a person. And, and and people will do all sorts of stuff to, all sorts of mental gymnastics to justify yeah things that are fiction right like how many people so i don't watch game of thrones do you mm-hmm. watch game of thrones i do okay have you had conversations with people about like all the sexual violence in, in mm-hmm. game of thrones and they're mm-hmm. like well you know they're just it's just trying to depict a certain time it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. no this is a fictional right. it's fiction <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't he, he did not need to write this yeah. into the story. Right. So stop trying to defend defend this sort of gross, mm-hmm. violent, sexual uh, parts of this. And yeah, if you want to have a conversation about that, these sorts of issues, that's fine. Yeah. But you don't need to do that. And while simultaneously trying to defend something that is rather indefensible, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like any subculture there's like you can take the stuff from it that's positive and apply it to the rest of your life without needing to like keep it so wrapped up in that world like take the best stuff from punk that you learned and apply Mm -hmm. it to how to live your life later which i think a lot of us did like we took the ethos of it and thought about how do i live as like a social justice minded person even if i'm not part of the punk scene as much or whatever john are you an sjw oh man you're such an sjw i, I forget you're what such a, that... you're such a snowflake <laughs> i'll see sjw online and be like sjw what is that is it like a show i forgot about and then i'll google it and be like oh that stupid thing like i'm so <laughs> tired of that <laughs> I, anyway it's like 
oh, you're you're a social justice warrior. You're concerned. You care about you, people. You, you care about the making plight, things okay. The plight of humanity. What an asshole. Yeah. God, those people that it's like, yeah, yes, I, I, I guess, yeah, right, I yeah. am that. Is yeah, that, yeah. that's, but they're, I guess they're trying to wrap it up in other, you know, your, your super PC, your, right. your, your, you know, you want to shut down free speech or whatever, and, right. and that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing yeah. that people. Our guests decide to wrap up in this label of social justice warrior, but right. it's to me it's always been a super absurd thing yeah. to be like. You, I think we should all care about issues of injustice, right? Isn't that isn't that <laughs> maybe, would, maybe would think. I guess I'm the asshole, but yeah. you know whatever. Okay, so. Um, this is the MXPX podcast that we're talking about, so we're going to... <laughs> Wait, I gotta tell my story. Wait, what are we talking about? I just, how I encountered the album. Oh my god. It's just... <laughs> Wait, hold on, I have to monologue for another 10, <laughs> another okay. 10 minutes. It's hard, it's hard to remember where, where we stop and where we begin. It's so. not an important story at all, it just, I have this very, like, when I think about MXPX, I think about this memory. So I would bike... To Cheapo Discs yes. in St. Paul, the, Minnesota. In, the, the Cheapo in St. Paul, not the one. That's right. Not, not the, the big fancy one. Uh, the St. Paul version. Yeah. On Snelling. And uh, so I would bike there. Yeah, this was also, this would have been, I think, the summer after eighth grade. I don't know. Somewhere around there for me too. But um, yeah, I, I would bike to Cheapo and, and buy my CDs. And we were just talking about this too, how weird that whole like scene is now to kids because like we would go and if there were used albums you could listen to them on the mm-hmm. little stereos they had and see if you wanted to buy them and we were spending all our money on this stuff and just like what a crazy concept that seems like now because you can listen to any and everything at the drop of a hat yeah but back then you had to work for it man right so, you would you would go out take your money that you earned mm-hmm. from mowing the lawn mm-hmm. or your allowance if you were lucky enough or your mm-hmm. job and buy a cd of a song that you maybe heard with one song that you knew right and you drop like twelve dollars on the <laughs> yeah, cd for the one song for the one song that you <laughs> hoped the rest of this uh-huh. the album was good right sometimes had, it wasn't you had no way of knowing right but mm-hmm. now you can listen to anything <laughs> right. for free all <laughs> yeah anytime it's in you your want. pocket <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's literally you have so something weird. in your pocket and then you can listen to everything ever recorded right. in the history of eternity i still can't like totally wrap my mind around that because it was such a big thing that you did with your time so i'd go with this list of stuff that i'd written down that i wanted to listen to and as we talked about in the last episode i had mxpx from the the list of church approved alternative (laughs) bands uh and i think okay so at that point the um chick magnet video had come out and i knew about mxpx and i saw the video and i was like this song is awesome i gotta I got to get these guys records, but it was before life in general had come out. Mm-hmm. So I went to the store and they had teenage politics used and I listened to it and it used, I think how, it was used. Maybe how it was dare new. whoever that previous owner was. I know. Well, I had to, I had to listen to it. And, uh, yeah, so that was the first full album that I listened to. And I remember kind of being like, these don't totally sound like chick magnet. Like I'm really excited for life in general to come out to hear that stuff. So at the time, like for, for a while, because Life in General came out not that much longer after that. Life in General was, like, my favorite. And I think we can talk about this later, but, like, it's still probably, like, musically superior. 
but the like rawness of teenage politics and the themes ended up being the one that was like more deeply felt in me. And so anyway, that was my, how I came to it. It's a super fascinating story and thank you for allowing me the time to talk about it. Um, can we hear it again? Because I was riding my bike. Okay, you're right. You, I was you, a little boy. You're going to cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think before we get into um, the album, do we want to just quickly say the the three songs that we chose? Let's do it for our um, MXPX Ultimate Playlist. Three songs each album. Yeah. So. My three, teenage politics, mm. democracy, mm. Americanism. Mm. Uh, my three are punk rock show. Oh, wow. <laughs> false fiction. That, <laughs> and, that that that's that surprises me. I, well, we'll get into it. Okay. And Americanism. Okay. I uh, I I'm I'm actually shocked that democracy, democracy is not on there. It was it was tough. It was probably in four or five. Uh, so if you if you had to choose, really, democracy would go as far as five. Well, I don't know. I'm considering both. I'm holding your feet to the fire, John. <laughs> both lyrics. I'm, I'm flexible here. I could be persuaded, but uh, like both lyrics and music. And I think I felt like if I did American, rich get richer, the poor get poorer. That was yeah, good stuff. So much for equal opportunity. I felt like I couldn't have Americanism and democracy on there, although I'm glad that you do, because it was like too similar and there were a bunch of themes I wanted to include on this little list. And I felt like Punk Rock Show, which might not be like my favorite on the album, but it's like, I felt like I can't not include it. Like it's such an iconic MXPX song. It's, it's true. It's, you're right. And I, and I was the person making the case for Punk Rock Show earlier, but it could really be like, a lot of these songs could be could have made my top three. No, it, yeah, I, and that's and that's the challenge of doing a three song selection. But when it comes, you know, now listening to you're saying like they are very comparable themes in democracy and Americanism. Um, I don't know. They're they're. But as we said at the beginning, or more earlier, there isn't a song on here that I skip because yeah, they're all just they're all great songs. So okay, let's let's start let's start from the beginning. Um, let's go through each song and and talk about it. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Nineteen ninety five. People come at you. Um, teenage politics. Sugar coated poison apple. Yeah. 
will know indeed. Sugar-coated poison apple. John, what do you um, what are your thoughts on that? Pretty good. That jam. Pretty good. I remember even like at the time being like a little cheesed out by the whole concept of, of the sugar-coated sugar sugar poison apple yeah. in terms of sin and stuff, but I'm into it. I mean that that is one of the larger themes that I noted mm-hmm. um, for this album, that this idea of a, of sin and it consuming mm-hmm. or eating everybody, if you will. If you will. Um, but sin and the brokenness of the world are something that that comes up throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just comparing, doing a one to one between. The first song of of of, of sugar coated poison apple and anywhere but here from Poconatcha. Mm-hmm. The guitar sound, the overall production quality, mm-hmm. distinctly different. Yeah, not as not as fuzzy or grimy or just dis- it's not as distorted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still obviously it's distortion, but it's not. Yeah. It is nowhere near as that sort of low mm-hmm. production quality. This is the first one with Tom playing on it. First one with Tom. It's uh, Aaron Sprinkle was the was poking at you. This is mm-hmm. Bob Moon, who does the production on poking at you and some of the later mm-hmm. um, the on the cover um, sessions, which a lot of those. Um, the the also some let it uh the no the uh life in general rather mm-hmm. life in general sessions some of the those um all that ended up on the let it happen I compilation he'd done, he'd done like 90 pound wuss enjoy electric and supertones too yeah so he's very much in the mix of the tooth and nail mm-hmm. um tooth and nail family all right let's go on to do and don'ts a song that despite being written by Mike as a teenager, uh, I still have have a connection with. Mm-hmm. I still know what I want to do. I probably still ask you if I knew what I'm doing now seems to be okay. If it's your will, if it's your way. John, do you know what you want to do? I might fly a plane. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, you could fly a plane or you could drive a car. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good, man. Pretty oh good gosh, song. That is... Drums I mean, sound real good. Oh, man. This this album, Yuri really... He really, really brings it on this album. The yeah. drums the drums on this album are so, are so solid. They're so fast. They're so... I mean, I find myself... When I started listening to this album again, I remember um, 
I, I was in my office at work. I get to my office um, earlier than anybody else. And I, so I'll be in my office. I was listening to this album and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just like, I'm rocking out air guitar, air drums, air bass. I'm doing it all. All at once. All, it's, 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 it's a sight to see. <laughs> um, but in comparison to some other MXPX albums, and we'll, we'll get to this mm-hmm. later, but there are some MXPX albums, and this one in particular is just so much more of a guitar. Yeah. There's just so much more of a guitar album. Mm-hmm. And and I and I mentioned this in in the last one last episode that the guys seem to be dismissive of some of their earlier works in terms of maybe overall quality of the sound production and mm-hmm. maybe some of the cheesiness of some of the lyrics. But I mean, man, there there's it's it's still just straightforward fast punk rock songs, mm-hmm. and they just sound. It just sounds great, and and listening to the song now, I don't know why I didn't include it on my. It was uh, tough. My top three because it's still such a really great song. Can I say my favorite line delivery of the song? Yeah, <laughs> which please, is please, please. <laughs> which I definitely had to look at the lyrics to find. Yeah, out what um, for for those um, for those who don't know, um. It's, I just want to ride my skateboard, just want to play my bass. Every now and then, strum a chord. There's definitely Sometimes, no way he says that. Sometimes land right on my face. I remember, we can talk about this later, but one of the bands I was in, I would write all these lyrics, like way too many words per line, sure. and like we would play faster than we then anticipated. Then it, it, it was possible <laughs> was for necessary. you. And my poor friend who was the singer would have to fit these like complicated terms i thought were important at the time like he just like couldn't do it so that reminds me of that <laughs> all right um and now the the title track teenage politics Politics indeed. Mm. Um, Words to live by. <laughs> this, this, uh, this song falls into one of the other themes of of this album, and that is growing up, coming of age, and adults just not getting it. John, they, get it, they just don't understand the plight of being a teenager, even mm-hmm. though um, they were once one. 
Yeah, but I'm never growing up. These adults are just dismissing me. Yeah, just I think it's I I really would like to talk to Mike and just sort of get inside the head of a guy who now has a wife, a mm-hmm. house, two kids, who is also still playing in this band. Right. That you know what 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 would he what is his son or mm-hmm. his daughter going to say um you know you know what what is the analogous you know where elvis ain't the rage and polyester ain't the look mm-hmm. well what are they going to say like, dad you just don't you don't get you know my i don't know minecraft <laughs> What what are what are yeah. stupid kids into now? Sorry, nowadays? wallet chains aren't the look anymore, <laughs> well, Dad. Yeah, can we? I just want to also talk about some of the the artwork uh, inside this the Teenage Politics booklet um, because Mike and Tom are definitely wearing. Tom looks like he's wearing some Converse, and maybe Mike might be wearing some Vans or some yeah, Airwalks. Like um, but they're both rocking some white socks <laughs> some like pretty high white mm-hmm. socks with shorts with with shorts looking pretty sitting on a curb looking pretty despondent having mm-hmm. a rough time <laughs> um but the, the artwork in here is like really kind of trippy very uh over saturated mm-hmm. kind of um i don't know how would you describe it other than oversaturated i mean there's these collages also of them for sure and they're, i think we talked about this last time but we're clearly we? hung up on it or i am that like mike just looks so cool mike looks cool <laughs> as hell and i uh the on the back there they're in their suits with they're the wearing like belts. suit jackets and studded belts and chain necklaces and i had that yuri looks punk <laughs> as hell punk af he's and punk af i i had that in mind when i was choosing my prom <laughs> outfit because i was like oh i gotta have a suit but maybe rock some converse with that <laughs> some oh man some chain yeah but like studded but, belt yeah but wearing a studded belt that is also not looped through the pants <laughs> right, yeah. it might be it might have like one loop but yeah. it's definitely just it's it's not doing its sole job <laughs> no. which is to hold up pants <laughs> right it's just that's there. the secondary that's secondary yeah <laughs> Uh, but Mike, with his his mohawk, with his with his mm-hmm. sideburns, he's a hashtag cool guy. Hashtag cool AF. Mm-hmm. Mike Herrera. Hashtag Mike Herrera. Hashtag cool AF. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So next track, punk rock show on John's top three. Mm-hmm. Hashtag last song. Hashtag end of the show. Hashtag one more song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show. 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 
you get into any punk rock shows for free because it was feel good? I think I, think I might have. The band that, that uh, preceded the Hold Steady was Lifter Puller in Minneapolis. Okay. And um, they were playing like one of their last shows or something. And I showed up late and it was sold out and I just looked really sad. <sighs> And did you look? Did you look like Tom? <laughs> I looked and, a little bit on the my, inside of the Teenage Politics booklet. My head was hanging. My Converse <laughs> were out. My white socks were up high, and your jean shorts were. <laughs> yeah, my shorts were. My Jinko shorts were looking good. This was post Jinkos, actually. Was it? Yeah, because you didn't have. Okay, yeah. So it wouldn't have been like ninety four, ninety five when this came out. Would right. have been yeah prime Jinko Jink- Jinkage, and uh, the girl taking tickets was like you look really sad. Why don't you head into the show? And I was just like, punk, yes, I love life. It was, she was feeling good, so she, so (laughs) she shared. Yep, that's right. I don't know, I just feel like the song is so iconic and anthemic and it is, at this point it just kind of sounds like I've heard it so many times that like it doesn't really impact me quite as much, but it is, it's a classic. Indeed. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I could add anything to that other than, um, it it is it is when you go to an MXPX show, if they're not ending with punk rock show, if you haven't heard punk rock show, something's up. This the set is not over. Yeah. Um, unlike the opposite of intellect, which I don't think they've probably ever they've played live in the past twenty five yeah. years. All right. So I'd like to hear it. Opposite of intellecta. Mike, oh, John just called you out, Mike. Mm-hmm. Please do it. Please do it. P- put it on the uh, set list for the next show. In Chicago, mm-hmm. opposite of intellect. Here we go. It's a sick bass line. Again, there's not a song on this album yeah. that I probably couldn't include on that top three. This one came real close. Oh, God, yeah. it's so good. And I and I have to say, so this is this is this is the church for you. So so the church that the Covenant Church I went to when I was when I first discovered MXPX and I had the world's biggest MXPX boner. Um, we had we had in my in my Sunday school class. This this is what they thought was a good idea, um, since we as kids were like we want to talk about music we want to talk about things that we care about right and they're skateboarding they're, they're skateboarding uh course and drumming on my face uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, they they decided like okay we'll appease the kids this is what we'll do you bring in the track that you like. And we will determine as a group if this is God honoring or not. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Mm. 
And so I, of course, brought in teenage politics, as was my jam. Mm-hmm. And what was the verdict? Um, so I played this song. Uh, I played the opposite of intellect as the song that I was like, yeah, this is mm-hmm. this is the song I want to play because um, it was my my jam at that moment. And I think everybody was just like, I. They like everybody else was like either bringing in, you know, some pop song, whatever was on the radio at the time, sure. and like, or maybe some rap or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you know, I don't want to grow up, man. <laughs> yeah. And they're, I think they're just took my word for it that they were a Christian band, and they're just like, Give, give it a pass. Right. I guess I guess that's I guess that's fine. I guess Jesus is okay with it after all. So they weren't teaching you not to reflect. <laughs> the opposite saying. of intellect. Yeah. No, definitely okay, definitely good. not. But they were definitely of the the era of Elvis and polyester. Right, yeah. That's not the look. Adults. Okay. So um we're moving on to was it False fiction? Was oh, that yeah. that was your made my list. That made your list. All right. False fiction. John's favorite song of all time. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but during that song, we entered Mike's vocab corner. <laughs> oh, that's on my list. Don't worry. Um, entropy. <laughs> entropy. Uh, so as an eighth grader, I had no... I still don't really know what it means. No, like honestly, I'm 34 years old. There's some of these words that Mike has included in some of these early albums as a 15, 16 year old. <laughs> That I'm just like I don't. He, he, there's he, no way he there's knew entropy. No <laughs> way. There's no way that he just was like, oh man, just like you know, entropy. It's, it's still promoting chaos. It's still promoting chaos. About it. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> isn't, isn't entropy? Isn't entropy actually inducing chaos? <laughs> as far um, as I can tell, entropy is a disorder of deterioration. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so. I have the definition as um, a gradual decline into mm. disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know another word that works for that? Chaos. Right. So yes. it's almost Perhaps like he chaos. Thesaurist that. <laughs> he he thesaurist chaos, and he's like, oh, oh entropy. Entropy. That sounds hell so, yeah. 
That sounds that sounds intelligent as shit. As someone who writes and edits for a living, I can tell you I hit thesaurus.com on the reg and we'll be like, oh yeah, that's oh, the one right that, there. That's it. That's which that, I know that's what Mike was doing. Yeah. I mean there's and this is not like honestly, this is not us shitting on Mike at all because as a as a kid, I definitely wrote a lot of terrible Oh my gosh terrible um poetry terrible lyrics oh and guess who's guess who's walking in yes my my wife has just come in so um do you have any mxpx hot takes that you want to include (laughs) (laughs) no i can we can uh are you guys hungry I got some. We got some snacks. Mm, Ooh, those are the best chips. I mean, if there's anything that's good for a podcast, it's chips. True. Everybody. I don't want you to destroy the equipment either. But you need a break. This went over really well. I'm glad. Ooh, what do you got? Um. I was vegan seven layer dip. Yes. Let's get in on that. Yeah. That looks real good. Oh snap. This is. Give that a shot. Thanks. You were talking about false fiction and how it's one of your it was one of your top three. But where did we end up? Oh, entropy. Entropy. Yes, we were talking entropy and chaos. Okay. So, <clears throat> entropy. I think we're done with entropy. I think we are. Oh, okay. Well, so let's just let's just close up Mike's vocab corner and we can move. Well, we can, hold on. I have some additional vocab thoughts. Oh, shit. So, um, I don't totally know what he's saying or what he's talking about in this song. But I think I'm mostly into it. I mean, any song that ends with like common sense, logic, science, a humble self-esteem, that feels like refreshing in the in the world that they're part of. And uh, so here's what I here are my some of my issues with the song overall. Again, kind of echoing what you're saying, I don't completely understand what his whole message of the song is. Um, so I don't know who he's who they is. He yeah. say they guarantee our freedom, but freedom isn't real. Yeah. Unless you know Christ. So again, it's one of those like no one understands Mike. No one gets where I'm coming from. If right. you could just get and also the mental disorder of our society. These these vague these yeah. vague kind of terms like who who's he talking about it makes me wonder if like the art he thinks our society is going to hell because those people don't know jesus and that's that's what's plummeting everything into chaos yeah i don't think that's your failed saying. system you know i don't this is this is what the song the issues with the song and just like yeah it seems a little too vague yes agreed I think a, a generous take, and maybe I'm wrong to have this one, is that 
it's more like he finds the world's injustice lacking and he finds his faith to be motivating and like this is where i draw in the the goodness from but the world falls short that kind of thing so i took that more to mean what it is it's also um i like the different weird parts of the song i like that it slows down and speeds up uh i also think when I was in uh, the band I was in in high school, the coolest possible sound was getting my guitar player to the run pick his slide. pick along. And I was just like, ooh, that sounds great. Yeah, Tom, so that's part of it. Tom brings a lot of noisy guitar sounds mm-hmm. to this to this album that I don't really think are, come back. Yeah, this is this, really. And this is, and what I said to him on that live stream was like, this guitar sound on this album doesn't sound like anything else they've done Mm -hmm. not and i'm not even talking about like the overall recording sound but just some of his his guitar choices it's just very the jazzy elements the the noisy pick slides the kind of like twangy things that he decides to do it's it's super unique yeah all right um next we have falling down little breakdown there. yeah it is this one almost felt like pretty harsh to me <laughs> like your spirit's dead i don't yeah. know this is another this is another one of those songs where i'm not i'm wondering if it's if the metaphor is sort of kind of lost on me um the i don't know if he's talking about the state as, mm-hmm. as in the government or if he's talking about, because he talks about your education teaches us not to resist subjects, mm-hmm. don't question kings, and, and that, that to me it, it could be talking about some sort of hierarchy of mm-hmm. um, political systems, or it could be just another one of those. I'm a kid, you're an yeah. adult. Schools teach you schools, lies. And... Yeah, schools aren't teaching you the full story, right. but, um, you know, talking. But either way, there's there's this there's this um, idea of power and authority mm-hmm. and um, them not giving you the full story because they don't want to. They don't want to be 
taken from their their position of their position of authority mm-hmm. okay um the next song is um money tree which f- goes into um another into the bracket of growing up and adulting and that sort of thing but it's also one of the songs that in listening to it now strikes me as sort of startling that like the the lyrics i kind of heard in a new way for the first time i don't know i don't know if you've you've had that experience mm-hmm. um with any of these songs but it's sort of an anti-college song oh, it is totally yeah and and i don't think i understood that as as a kid like that you go to college just to get a job to earn money and that's it yeah and i don't i'm not gonna do that i remember as a kid being like man that's hardcore like this is a song about not going to college which is like contrary to everything that i'd been hearing yeah And, and and it just sort of flew right over my head i didn't i didn't understand what what four more years ain't right for me Mm -hmm. meant yeah because this was recorded just after they graduated high school i think and none of them went to college i don't at least then they chose to instead tour and record stuff so yeah and when tom joined the band it was like they were looking for someone specifically like you need to right be ready to you need to be ready and he's like "Mm -hmm, okay so here's Money Tree. They hate they hate school. They <laughs> they hate college. So do we. think we said we all all that we needed to say about money tree so except that the guitar part is super iconic and i really like it a lot and it almost made my list for that reason because it's just like it's a great little i don't know if we can say it enough but each song on this album (laughs) pretty good it's pretty fucking great okay so um rainy day Better 
This is one of those songs that in my eyes sort of falls into that no one understands me mm-hmm. category. Um, but it's also another one of those Tom having some really kind of cool guitar sounds, mm-hmm. which happens later in the songs. Kind of like a this song, really this weird, not weird, but like this feedback. feedback yeah. That's <laughs> That sounds super cool. Yeah. This one's not one of my favorites, but really, it, it, it's still good. Fine. <laughs> so that's how it is. That's how it's going to be, and um, this song, taking its name from the soap opera, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives, which I think is kind of um, interesting. That so. That's a soap opera, mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives. And then just a few songs later, they have Study Humans, mm-hmm. where they talk about people not being suspicious because the soaps are on at noon. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder, like, maybe Study Humans should have been called Like Sands Through the Hourglass. Could be. I'm just saying. Mike I think hates TV. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean... TV sucks. See when every time it's only going falls apart in my hands. See when every time I got it beat out, I got no doubts when I put it from the truth. My world is breaking down around me. See my destroyed world in front of me. Any and everything I just did. I weep for my world. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so now we're getting only... We're 11 songs in. Well, 10 songs in. We're getting to the 11th song, which is only my second song mm. on my top three, which is Democracy, a song that John has decidedly decided to... He's decidedly hated. It's He's done with democracy. Done. Done over it. We'll, we'll listen to it and see if he changes his mind. I don't normally go all the way into the second verse for the previews of the songs, but it's got a good one. There. You just can't. 
you can't ignore that. Gosh. I always think about, I had the sociology class where the professor said the line, the rich get richer and the poor stay, or the poor get poorer is actually incorrect. The rich get richer and the poor just stay poor. <laughs> so I always think about that. Well, I Good mean, story. That is, that is a breathtaking story. <laughs> It's a really good song. It came very close to making my list. I mean, you can you can make up all the excuses that you want. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. It is. It is a solid album. Um, the only thing I will say about that is, yes, the in terms of get poor getting poorer, I think what he's probably saying is the the gap. Yes. The widening, the widening gap. <laughs> That's what it means. That's just so, always stuck with me. So yeah, let's just let's pick apart. Mike's um, the understanding of the economy and <laughs> no, but I think I think the the message the message stands. This is another like real man. This is this is pretty hard. This is pretty harsh. Like democracy ain't real. It's a fairy tale. Is like, yeah. All right. He's getting real. You know, between between Poke and Atcha and teenage politics, R- Mike ran out of fucks to get. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did not care. All right, um, something more. This is another a um, very much in your face uh, song about about his faith and about Jesus. So mm-hmm. deal with it. What do you think that more is? Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is another one that's like not really one of my favorites. No, it's 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 um it's definitely not one of my my favorites either. Um, it's definitely not a. It's it's one, de- certainly one of the songs that you could say. You know, if there's if you're living a life where you're feeling unfulfilled, and maybe there's something else yeah. that you can find that can be. Um, more fulfilling. Jesus? <laughs> um, I think, I think you hit it. I think you nailed it. Yes. Um, this is, this, the next song, Different Things, is, uh, it's, it's one of those songs I think has not, has not, um, has not aged well. Mm. I'm excited to hear it now. I don't really even remember which one this is. Change it up to me
another one of those songs where he tries to fit in a lot more <laughs> words yeah. than can actually work in a, in yeah. a line. This might, uh, this might fit into the, does this hold up no. corner? I mean, it's again, it's, it's a loud, fast yeah. punk rock song. And if you're not digging into, yeah. I guess one of the issues that I take with some of these lyrics as I've shifted my theological beliefs in, in recent years is this idea that, and this is something that, that I think is pretty common among Christians and maybe more conservative Christians that people who say they don't believe in God secretly still believe in God Mm -hmm. and they're just denying that the truth that God exists and that they actually really believe in God back to that patronizing theme of poking at you yeah the the patronizing like come on I mean just why don't you just believe me (laughs) that like I this is and that's the whole thing like she's been taught so many different things and she just don't you know it just sounds like she thinks she knows what she's mm-hmm. what she believes but she really kind of doesn't really know yeah i feel like i mean <clears throat> i think a lot of this album comes from a place of theology that's less gross than Poconacha. <laughs> like i resonate with its seemingly taking aim at christian culture at times too although yeah it might not be as judgy as poconatcha but there's definitely there's definitely some judgy stuff still that is a little bit iffy yeah um this is flowing right from that into the song misunderstanding which has some very much of those elements also solidly in the does this hold up corner That bass intro is sweet, though. It is. It is sweet. You know, we we talk about how we don't have that every song on this album is like it's not a skip, and yeah. that's true. Like some even, sweet bass and guitar even parts though on we, that song. Even though yes, even though we have critiques of the songs, it doesn't mean that we hate the song or we hate the album. But we just from a place of you know maturity and and aging and sort of reflection on what we believe and what we listen to in our youth and and for me as as someone who doesn't identify as a christian anymore being told that my difficulties or pain or sadness in my life comes from a place of not knowing jesus is super patronizing and it's just just not true because 
people of faith also have hardship and pain and, and sort of and what sort of i mean i mean you don't i mean you, yeah. you've got it you've got it all locked down listen listen andrew it's in god's book okay i just don't want to look i just don't that's what the problem that's is. that's the problem so... and now I'm, now i'm drowning in the ocean and you know and yeah and th- this is the part of the song that really is like you know he's drowning in the ocean and he still believes he's right mm. you know that's it's deep. it is it's kind of a a bummer it's, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer it's really kind of a bummer yeah. but on to a more lighthearted mm. note um study humans <laughs> yeah which john thrilled me <laughs> With an anecdote that he heard on Mike's podcast. Well, yeah, I was listening to the Mike Herrera pod, and he had on... Check it out, guys. That's right. Yuri and Tom and Chris, the new guy. Chris, Mm -hmm. yeah. Chris Adkins. That's the one. And uh, they were talking about being in high school and writing songs together in the cafeteria. And they were... I think this is right, that they were at a lunch table, and like there was a table of girls next to them. And they were like, what are you doing? they're like, we're just studying humans. And they're like, we thought we sounded really cool, but it was not that cool sounding <laughs> in retrospect um but it's it's still another song that really badass guitar mm-hmm. song um study humans <laughs> Did they mention on the podcast if one of those girls was Bri? Bri, I don't think so. Bri, they didn't identify Bri. That's um, one. But also, just, just for the just for the record, this is approximately zero percent of people are named Bri. <laughs> well, I mean, how many things are wrong with I? <laughs> um, I guess there's a lot potentially. I mean, names though. Yeah. Maybe it's tough. Gotta hit that thesaurus, though. Yeah, gotta get you know, go to thesaurus. You gotta get hit the entropy. You gotta hit you know, figure out what rhymes with I. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Bry's. I don't know. They didn't have. They didn't. Bry, if you're if you're out there, let us know if you're real. Bry, hit us up at uh, at magnifiedpod on Twitter or magnifiedpod at gmail dot com. I assume Bry's on Twitter. I assume it's I'll search. um, uh, or if we can check her out at studyhumans at bry.com uh, at Bremerton Bry, I think is <laughs> her handle if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, 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 um, Bremerton Bry. God, that's good. That's a good joke, John. Should that be the name of the pod instead? Yep. Okay. We're scrapping all of this. <laughs> all right. Where are we at here? We're, uh, inquiring minds want to know. Mm.
like it. Love it. Inquiring minds want to know. Here's a another example of a misheard lyric that mm. I didn't understand when I was a um, a, a young a youngin. Um, he says, um, "I'm asking you to be real with yourself and don't play the game mm-hmm. of daily life. It's all the same." Mm-hmm. But Mike says, "So, so, <laughs> yeah." And for for a hot second, it sounded like he from to me it sounded like he said, "Suck shit, <laughs> suck shit." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "But the the Christians, I don't." All you uh, need to know is that it's that's the part where you pump your fist in the live show. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't really matter. It reminds me of uh, another thing my high school band did which was we had a song about the death penalty obviously yes <laughs> and the chorus was forget politics is this justice but it was like a hardcore song so it went politics so it sounded like you said fuck it justice so everybody was like man that song where you're like fuck it like that gets that gets pretty raw and i was like oh no it's forget anyway sometimes you have to sacrifice the clarity for the hardcore shout along that is that is true what i will say i appreciate about the song is like i appreciate that this album as a whole retains some of the hardness and the edginess of poconatcha that would increasingly kind of get smoothed out as the records went on so yeah i like the hardcore nod in this one this this is you know from this album to um life in general there is certainly a drop in some of those yeah hardcore punk drums um but i mean that's that's what i love about this album and one of the reasons i don't skip is because it just keeps driving it keeps going it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't really slow down yep okay um on to a song with amazing opening lyrics mm-hmm. that um i have an i have an anecdote of after we listen to it i'm the bad guy Legalistic people suck Legalism makes me sick I wanna what makes them tick I wanna go and kick a net Ephesians verse 2 8 states God has sales not by work but by grace So what's it gonna take? Slogan 38 So what's it gonna take? you know there's just i don't even know if we have enough time for this podcast to just unpack so much of that what's going on, like this song. on. um not enough this, songs th- reference ephesians verse 2 8 <laughs> or opinion. or what it states right so this this song speaks directly to the element that you were talking about of being cri- critical of church yeah. culture right. and illegalism in church culture, which the evangelical covenant church might want to listen to a little more. Yeah. Maybe we'll give them teenage politics. Just, and just slide it under the door and be like, "Listen to I'm the bad guy." Um, but <laughs> calling out verse number, you know, chapter and verse in in a song is in a punk rock song. It simultaneously is like, hey, you know, well done that you mm-hmm. were able to uh, do that. Um, but then another part of me now is like, 
Yeah. It's a little it's a little cringy, but it's again falls into the category of patronizing that's like you don't get it, but turning it back on on Mike and yeah. being like making it about him that yeah. he's being victimized by somebody right. else not understanding his faith. Yeah, I feel it it's interesting cuz now that you're bringing that up I can read that in songs that previously I assumed meant were like the use were directed at like society and grown-ups right. and everybody right. who failed him with these systems but like God knows his heart and like yeah, I took it more as like a you know, th- this like personal thing is like not a problem because god knows me but the world out there is messed up but and god's gonna pull him through in spite of how you don't get him right yeah (sighs) okay now on to americanism which was both both of us had yep So this this song I think as far as Christian culture now mm-hmm. to identify as a Christian in some circles and to specifically denounce yeah. aspects of American culture mm-hmm. would not go over very well. Yeah, I don't know much about the state of the current Christian punk scene. If no, there is still no. I actually, that that's exists, a but yeah, that's actually a good point. I don't. I have not really done a deep dive into the artists currently signed to Tooth and Nail. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. And we can get into it more later, but like, the whole idea of a Christian scene is something that doesn't really exist. At least not as much as it did for us when there was a whole like separate Christian bookstore market and world and all that. But definitely songs like this and five irons that we've talked about were kind of breaths of fresh air for kids who were like wanting to hear some social justice elements in their music within that world so like yeah i included this one over democracy if only for the last two lines which are americanism nationalism bow to the flagism militaristic egotistic high class and capitalistic which was my uh, away message on AIM for oh, quite a while. Amazing. <laughs> and, um, and if, and if um, <laughs> there's nothing quite like being sure of what's inside oh, your yeah. heart, if that wasn't your senior quote, yeah. would this have been <laughs> this your senior quote? This probably would have been, yeah. <laughs> I remember my friend had no effects as, uh, like, society don't bother me and there's something wrong with that. And we were just like, yeah, man, that's deep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like the song musically is not that far from Poconancho. Like, it would fit on there no i can i can no no what i'm saying is like Ah, no like no sorry i didn't mean no (laughs) wrong fuck (laughs) no no like i don't i i don't disagree so yes 
is is the word I was looking for. Um, but I, what I was thinking, like, if they replaced a like a little bit of a fuzzier guitar in mm-hmm. there, I yeah. think it definitely would have. Yeah, it would have fit. Um, John, we've reached the last we track. Did we so, did it in this. In this. In the. Uh, we're only. We we're only. We've only broken the oh two hour gosh. mark. Um, yeah. And we have approximately three people listening to this. <laughs> and that's you and me, and whatever one other person is out there. I hope you're riveted, person. <laughs> um, so this this song um, is sort of like a quasi secret track. Well, this is what I remember from the CD: is that it wasn't like its own track, like no. it is on Spotify and stuff. Not no, like you had to fast forward. Yeah, after from the a, end of Amer- Americanism. Yeah, listen to the conversation that starts. But. Yeah, because it's. I don't think, I don't think there are actual lyrics in the booklet for no, for Dolores. Dolores. It was a mysterious song, and we were texting about this recently. That like it makes so much sense now, yeah. but I didn't realize that it's about Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. Yes, which the references to the IRA. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, my girl hates the IRA. We know he's got a thing for short-haired girls. Short-haired so girls with a pretty out. smile, mm-hmm. and she'd write the most beautiful love songs for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't listened. I haven't heard a podcast. Um, one of Mike's podcasts, if he, if he's addressed it um, since. She died. Like, Remember, he tweeted about it when she did, died. Did yeah, he? Yeah. I, I don't know if I. I didn't know if I saw that tweet, but um, what, do you remember what he? I think he was just like, "Not my Dolores" or something. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that's what it's about. That makes a lot of sense." Yeah. But this would have been right around the time that like '95. So "Zombie" by Cranberries, I think, was probably yeah. huge. Um, yeah. Cranberries were definitely like big at that time. Yeah, and she was, and she was just like maybe five years older than him Mm -hmm. so she would have been just in that sort of age range where Mm -hmm. it was like you know that sort of that little bit of an older dream girl she's cool yeah she's cool (laughs) but okay so starting off the track with this sort of weird mumbling like loud cacophonous Mm -hmm. but still being able to pick out a handful of those those things that are still you destroy the moon blow it out of the sky i knew i was in good hands uh with andrew leading this podcast when we had our first meeting about it and could reference several destroy the moon blow it out of the sky well my me and my sister were young we used to sit on bookshelves oh my the fact that both of us knew all these things was mxpx mxpx Destroy the Moon could have been an alternate name for this podcast. It's true. And also makes me think about that Mr. Show sketch. Where they want to blow the moon up. (laughs) There's a country (laughs) song about wanting to blow the moon. Um, And this is the first... uh, Well, no, this would be the uh, second song. Wait, hold on. Who's that chick with the short hair? I don't know. That's good. That's good. I always like to try and figure out, like, I wonder whose voice is who. I think it's Mike at the end, time the, before yeah, that. Yeah, it's time before that. Mm-hmm. 
so good. We, this song goes out to you, Dolores. Mm-hmm. I love this song. Yeah, no, it's such a good song. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if uh, did they did they have they played this? They definitely played it live a fair they, amount. They did. Okay. I, I can't know. remember if it's on that live album or not. I think it is. I think that's that's. I sounds think that's about how right. I was like. Oh, the song is definitely called Dolores. Yeah, spelled incorrectly. Right. <laughs> Guess your crush wasn't that big, Mike. Ooh, burn notice. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Those are the teenage politics. Those are those are. That's all the politics. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, couple things I want to mention before we wrap up this extraordinarily long podcast. Um. So the next album that we're going to do is going to be Life in General. Mm-hmm. We were discussing whether or not we wanted to do On the Cover, and we decided that it might be better to maybe cover them at a later time and cover both On the Cover albums in a single episode if we choose, if we choose to do that. But at this time, it seems like the best course of action is to just do the proper releases right because chronologically on the cover would have come out after teenage politics yes but 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 we then, don't care about that <laughs> no we're we're throwing we're throwing caution to the wind mm. but they're also you know there's the move the bremer move to bremerton ep mm-hmm. which also so there's just too many albums in between the the major releases that we could get bogged down in some of the the I was going to say riffraff, but it's not riffraff. But, you know, we want to focus on those albums that were truly like the definitive yeah. releases. Um, want to plug um, a couple other things. So the um, the person who did our Magnified Pod logo is mm-hmm. my friend Joanna. She's... Um, a friend of mine from high school she does she was always an amazing artist she was always she could draw beautifully I remember we would sit next to each other in different classes and she would draw this just really beautiful stuff and I was super impressed because for a long time I wanted to be an artist or a cartoonist or something and seeing what she was able to do I was like well you know that's I don't really have much of a chance because if there are people like her, then I don't really have a, uh, a chance. Right. But she gr- uh, graciously agreed to do our logo with me and the the character of me and John as the Poconatcha punks. So I wanted to give her um, a shout out, and you can check her out on Instagram at. Uh, mousy socks Mm. um she she mostly uses instagram so you can see a lot of her art and different things that she posts on there thanks joanna she's a sweetheart she's amazing go give her some love on instagram and again if you want to hit us up we're magnified pod on twitter or magnified pod at gmail.com and if you have any anything you want to talk to us about Hit us up there. Do it. Do it. Do it to it, my dudes. Um, John, do you have any um, have any parting thoughts? No final thoughts, except to say that on our next episode, 
We'll cover life in general. Yes. When it'll be time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you?